Thanks everyone for joining us again today. We welcome you to the broadcast. It's a joy and an honor to come to you each and every week, share the Word of God with you. And I trust, praise God, that those of you that have been watching the last couple of weeks as we've been teaching on Redeemed and Blessed have been inspired and energized in your faith. Nothing like being a winner, praise God. And that's what the Word of God is all about. That's why Jesus did what He did at Calvary so that you and I can become the winners that He wants us to be. And once again, when we're winning in life, it makes the God that we serve very attractive to other people. We're talking about redeemed and blessed. Just before we get into our lesson today, I want to share some more testimonies with you. I love hearing from people around the world where this ministry is touching their lives. Not only that, but folks right here in the audience. I've got some of your testimonies today, and I'd like to share some of them with you because I know that when you hear God doing something in someone else's life, and you're standing and you're believing God for a breakthrough, it encourages your faith. You know, I remember when I would be in uh, meetings with Brother Copeland and he'd share some of the testimonies of what was happening in his and Gloria's life. And I'd turn to Carolyn and I'd say, we're next, Amen. we're next. Amen. I just assumed and believed that if God did it for him, if I do what they're doing, then he'll do it for me. Amen. Amen. He's no respecter of persons. Here's one from... Um, Justin, right here in Crowley, Texas. All I can say is God has restored my life. Your book on From Devastation to Restoration put me on a course to not only know that God desires to restore my life, but He has restored my life, and I thank you for your obedience to the call of God. Then here's one, says, After hearing Brother Jerry minister on the year of the greater glory, we began to say continually in our home and in our lives that this is our year for the greater glory. We began to experience more and more of God's presence and God's blessings. Our income almost doubled. I got the car of my dreams. Relationships with others in our family became better and better. And we praise God for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And then here's one. God delivered me from anxiety and depression. He provided me with funds so that I could go to college. God is good and I know there is more to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's one. In January of 2014, my mother sent me the CDs, Breaking Through the Impossible. I've literally played those CDs in my car over 20 times. Since that time, something that God promised me way back in 2008 has manifested. Not only that, but the nonprofit organization I started received a donation of 12 acres of land that includes two buildings on it. I've written three petitions. Also know that my grants are done and I praise God for Brother Savell's teaching. Hallelujah. That's good, isn't it? Here's one that says, I obtained a PhD, worked for years as a school administrator, though I had done it all on my own, and eventually I had to file bankruptcy, blew all my retirement money, but I finally surrendered to God, wrote my prayer petition, got more than I imagined, and now I'm living in a brand new senior citizen resort apartment without a financial care focused on God, or focused on service to God, and what the devil stole, God has restored. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that great? Well, there's others, and we'll share them with you at a later time, but I just want you to know that we counted an honor to believe God with you for the breakthroughs that you need in your life. If you're sitting there right now watching this broadcast, and you're facing something that looks impossible, listen, the God I serve is the God who specializes in what men say are impossible or is impossible. You know, God's name, El Shaddai, literally means 
the God in whom nothing is impossible. You know, when God said to Abraham and Sarah that you will have a child and from this child will come a mighty nation. When he said that, it was impossible for them to have a child. Sarah's womb was dead. She could not bear children. In fact, she laughed when God said it. And God said to her, is anything too hard for El Shaddai? Is anything too hard for the God in whom nothing is impossible? No. No matter what you're facing right now, He is bigger than that. No matter how impossible it looks, He's bigger than that. Why don't you just trust Him and allow us to join our faith with yours. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, that if any two of you shall agree as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them. So we'd count it an honor to join our faith with yours and believe God with you. And I believe, praise God, won't be too long down the road, I'll be reading your testimony. Amen. Listen, we're going to get into our lesson on redeemed and blessed. Just before we do, watch this special announcement, and then we're going to get right into that study, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. I'll be right back. God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. In this three-part CD series, Redeemed and Blessed, Jerry Savelle teaches how God not only redeemed us from a life without hope or a dark eternity, but much, much more. It all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and resurrection. Jesus' finished work at the cross is the essence of God's power and fullness of blessing. As a bonus, when you request today, you'll receive a copy of The Established Heart. In this eye-opening book, you'll learn seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to live in the midst of turmoil and pressure without being shaken. You can develop an established heart and stand steady throughout. Don't wait. Call today or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, Redeemed and Blessed and the Established Heart. Learn the completeness of God's redemptive plan today. On our last broadcast, we were talking about the great exchange, what Jesus was willing to go through at Calvary for our benefit. And I want to begin reading from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, once again, as we continue this study on the great exchange and how did it produce redemption and blessing for us all. Verse 21 says, For he hath made him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, get a picture of that on the cross. I know you've seen pictures in your Bible or maybe like uh, in my grandmother's home when I was a little boy, she had a picture of Jesus on the cross in her bedroom. And I remember as a little boy walking in there and looking at that, you know, and, and um, having no idea what really took place there. All I knew was he hung on a cross. But uh, boy, when you get in the Bible and you find out why he went there and what happened as a result of it, it is life-changing. But right here it says that there was a great exchange that took place at Calvary. It says he was made to be sin. Now, he never sinned. He was never a sinner, but he was made to be sin. In other words, he was willing to take upon himself the sin of the world. Why? So that in exchange, you and I could be made the righteousness of God. And once again, righteousness is just an old English word that means right standing with God. You see, there was a middle wall of petition, Paul calls it, between God and man. Why? Because of our sinful nature. And in order for that wall to come down, 
it meant that Jesus had to become sin for us. And then once he was willing to do that and that price was paid, then praise God, the wall came down and now you and I have nothing between God and ourselves. We have right standing with him. Hallelujah. And what a great revelation that is. When you understand that you have right standing with God, I'm telling you, it's going to change everything about you. Your thinking, your talking, your outlook, your prayer life. When you know you have right standing with God, just think of it. If you know that you know that you have right standing with God, then your attitude becomes, why wouldn't he answer my prayer? I have right standing with him. Why wouldn't he meet my need? I have right standing with him. Amen. That's the way I think now that I know I have right standing with God. And let's get this very clear. That right standing that we have with God is not based on anything we've done. It's based entirely on what he did. You couldn't do enough good things to become righteous, but Jesus did what it took for you to become righteous. One act, become your sin. When he was willing to become sin, then praise God, God said, okay, I will take that and in exchange, I'll make them righteous. I'll give them right standing with me. So that's what happened at Calvary. He was made to be sin that you might have right standing, but it doesn't end there. We also discovered that uh, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. The New International Version says the punishment that brought us peace was on him. So here's the exchange. He took our sorrows. He took our griefs so that we could enjoy peace. You know, I haven't had sorrow and grief in years. And some people don't understand that. They think, well, you must be hard. You know, you, you, know, you mean things don't, don't cause grief in your life? Hey, I have the temptation to, to get into that. I mean, I've had things happen that would bring tears to me, you know, and, 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 and the temptation to just wallow around in that, so to speak, you know, and, 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 but then I remember, wait a minute, he took my grief. He took my sorrow. This is not the end, even though this is a pressing situation, even though it's challenging and even though it might hurt my heart, you know, but it's not the end. I don't have to stay in grief. I don't have to stay in sorrow. I say to people many times, you're entitled to be grieved and sorrow, have sorrow for a moment, <laughs> but then get over it. Praise God. Why? Because he took upon him at Calvary, took upon himself at Calvary, our grief and our sorrow. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. So we have a right not only to have peace with God, but we have a right to have the peace of God. Amen. That means praise God, no matter what's going on around me, I can have peace. The Bible says that Jesus said one time to his own disciples, talking about, you know, the end. And he said, there'll be calamity. There'll be famine. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be this, that, and the other. I mean, chaos everywhere. But then listen to this statement. See that you be not troubled. That's right. What's he saying? It is possible for a person to live in a totally troubled world and not be troubled. Amen. I choose to live that way. Praise Amen. God. Why? Because he took my grief. He took my sorrow. He gave me peace with God and he gave me the peace of God. Amen. So I lay hold upon that. Anytime, you know, the temptation to worry, 
the Bible says that we are to cast down anything that is not in harmony and agreement with the Word of God. So if there's a temptation to worry, I cast it down and I draw on that peace. If there's a temptation to be sorrowful, I cast it down and I draw on that peace. If there's a temptation to be grieved, I cast it down and I take on the peace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, uh, uh, most of the time it seems like when people get grieved the most is when, and when a loved one passes, you know, and, and, and there's all kind of greeting cards. We, you know, we, our prayers are with you during your time of grief. What is grief? Loss, you know. Well, the Bible says if they're Christians, we know exactly where they're at. They're not lost. <laughs> Somebody said, I'm so sorry you lost your dad. I didn't lose him. He went to heaven. I know exactly where he is. Amen. Grief is, is this feeling of loss. Yes, I miss my dad. My dad and I were best friends. All my life, my dad was my best friend. I miss my dad to this day. He's been gone 18 years. And to this day, I still miss him. There are times, particularly because his and my love for old cars, when I'm, when I'm working on one of my old classic cars, I think of my daddy. You know, I have pictures in my shop of me and my daddy with old cars. And so, you know, I think of him, but I don't grieve over him because I know exactly where he is. When my mother left a few years ago, yes, I miss my mom, you know, but I don't grieve over her because he took my grief. He took my sorrow so that I could have peace. I'll always miss them. But the good thing is I didn't lose them. I know exactly where they are. And I also have this hope. I will join them. Hallelujah. Amen. One day we'll all be together again. Hallelujah. Amen. And Paul said, we're not supposed to act like other people who don't have this hope. Amen. So he took our grief and took our sorrow. If you've got grief and sorrow in your life right now and you're a believer, then it's time for you to take a stand. Say, Satan, wait a minute. Jesus took this 2,000 years ago on the cross and in exchange, he gave me the peace of God and start drawing on that peace, praise God. And anytime the temptation comes, you just resist it and draw on the peace of God. And then what else happened at the great exchange? The Bible says in Galatians chapter three, let's all turn there. Galatians chapter three and verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that, verse 14, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now notice there's the great exchange. What happened? He was made to be a curse. Why? So that we could enjoy the blessing of Abraham. See, everything that happened at Calvary to him, there is a positive result for us. He was made to be sin so we could be righteous. He took my grief and sorrow so I could have peace. He became a curse that I can have the blessing. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? But it goes on to tell us in Isaiah chapter 54, and we'll get back to this redeemed and blessed. But Isaiah chapter 53, whether, and verse five, and with his stripes, we are healed. The message translation says he took the punishment that made and and that punishment made us whole through his bruises. We get healed. First Peter 2 24 says who his own self bear our sins in his own body 
on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So notice, let's go through it again. He was made to be sin that we get to be righteous. He took the punishment of our grief and our sorrow that we might have peace. He took the curse that we might have the blessing. He took the stripes that we might be healed. Hallelujah. Notice everything he did, there's a positive result for us. Hallelujah. Amen. He became sin. Now I'm righteous. He took on grief and sorrow. I have peace. He became a curse. I have the blessing. He took the stripes on his back and I have healing. Praise God. I mean, that's the story of the cross. That's the gospel of Christ. Amen. And you'd be surprised at the number of Christians who do not know these things. A lot of people just think, well, he died on the cross, just floated off to heaven, da, 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 da. And then he come back and told everybody, everything's going to be cool. I'll see you when you get here. It's a whole lot more than that. Amen. It's a whole lot more than that. Oh, you got to study the cross because the redemptive truths that you will discover at the cross are absolutely life-changing. Your life will never be the same. I'm telling you from experience. I walked in my bedroom one day, February 1969, not knowing anything. And I began listening to messages like what I'm sharing with you right now, redeemed from the curse. What happened from the cross to the throne? Abraham's blessing are ours. And I'm listening to all this and following it in my Bible, taking notes and get so excited, I'd run out of there shouting, Carolyn, 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 did you know? And it was becoming a revelation to me. And then it began to produce fruit in my life. Praise God. I'm telling you, no longer was I just a little spot on this planet, just barely getting by, just existing. But now I'm learning how to live the overcomer's life. Hallelujah. And life is getting better and better and better and better until eventually it becomes like John 10, 10 from the message translation, better life than you ever dreamed. Can anybody identify with that in here? Better life than we've ever dreamed. But it all starts at the cross, folks. It all starts at the cross. You must get a revelation of what took place there. And when you do, the same thing's going to happen to you that happened to me and the people that are in this audience right now. Life will never be the same. So let's go back to Galatians chapter three for a moment and look at this. It says, Christ hath redeemed us. Notice that's past tense. You're not going to get redeemed one day. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, I realize there may be some of you that are watching and you don't have a clue what that means. What is the curse of the law? Well, you need to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's turn there in our Bibles. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And you will find that the first 14 verses talk about the blessing of Abraham. But then beginning in verse 15 and all the way through the end of that chapter, down through verse 68, it talks about the curse of the law. And it says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. That means we don't have to live under that curse anymore. That's right. Now, I don't have time to read all of those curses on the broadcast, but if you will take the time to read them all, you're going to find that some good stuff in there. 
Now, I'm telling you, man, it's exciting. Now, I want to also uh, give you this little warning because in the King James, it's going to say things like, the Lord shall smite thee and the Lord shall bring this on thee. But you got to understand that was put that way at the discretion of the translators. And that's not the way the original is worded because it's saying in the original that because of their disobedience, God will have to allow this to happen. Not that he's making it happen. He already told them in Deuteronomy. He said, I bring before you this day, blessing and cursing, life and death. And then he said, choose life. In other words, he's saying, you have a choice. You can either have life or death. You can have the blessing or the curse. Choose life. And if you choose life, then you're choosing the blessing. So you have to make a choice. Here it says that through their disobedience. In fact, right here in my Bible, I don't know if it's this way with any of you, but right there in my Bible at the heading beginning in verse 15, it says the curses of disobedience. Anybody else have that in there? The curses of disobedience. In other words, if the people didn't do what God said, then all these curses would come on them. But he gave them what I like to refer to as an umbrella of protection. In other words, obedience produced an umbrella. And if they were obedient to what God said, then the curses did not have any effect on them. They lived under the blessing. Now, here it says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you want to know what the curse of the law is, then start reading in verse 15, go all the way through verse 68. Now, whenever you see the wording, the Lord shall, you think of it like this, the way the original is. Not that he's causing it to happen, but he will allow it to happen because he's already given you the remedy for it not happening. But if they wouldn't obey him, then he had no choice. It was like it tied his hands and he had to watch them live under the curse, even though that was not his best. He wanted them to live under the blessing. Can you say amen? So Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. So when you see that kind of wording, think of it like this. The Lord shall allow this to come on you because he couldn't do anything about it. He'd already given his word. He's not going to violate his own word. But here's the good news. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. That means we don't have to live under the curse anymore. Hallelujah. We get to live under the blessing. Now, I would suggest, here's the way I did it, walking in that little bedroom when I was first learning these things, I would start with verse 16. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. And I'd say out loud, I'm redeemed from that. Cursed shall you be in the field. I'd say out loud, I'm redeemed from that. Verse 17. Cursed shall be your basket and your storehouse. I'm redeemed from that. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your land, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. I'd say, well, I don't have any sheep, but if I did, I'd be redeemed from that. Amen. 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 See, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that I'm redeemed. And then you get down to verse 27 and it talks about, here's, here's a good example. The Lord shall smite thee with the botch of Egypt with the emeralds and with the scab and with the itch whereof you cannot be healed. In other words, the way I read that is you will be allowed to have diseases that cannot be healed. But 
I'm redeemed from that. Hallelujah. Amen. So I read that like this. Diseases where you cannot be healed. I'm redeemed from that. Verse 29. You shall not prosper in your ways and you shall only be oppressed and spoiled. That means taken from, stolen from. And I'd say out loud, I'm redeemed from that. Just go down through every one of them, read them out loud and say out loud after each one of them, I'm redeemed from that. And then go back up to the first 14 verses, read each one of them and then say out loud, that's my blessing. That's my blessing. I'm redeemed from the curses, but I have the blessing of Abraham. I'm telling you folks, if you do this enough, it get down in your spirit. And from that day forward, you will no longer see yourself the tail, but the head. You'll no longer see yourself beneath, but above. You will no longer see yourself just existing, but blessed in every area of your life. Why? That all happened at the great exchange. That's what Jesus did for you. Somebody give him a good shout. Amen. Praise God. Watch this announcement and I'll be back in just a few moments. God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. In this three-part CD series, Redeemed and Blessed, Jerry Savelle teaches how God not only redeemed us from a life without hope or a dark eternity, but much, much more. It all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and resurrection. Jesus' finished work at the cross is the essence of God's power and fullness of blessing. As a bonus, when you request today, you'll receive a copy of The Established Heart. In this eye-opening book, you'll learn seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to live in the midst of turmoil and pressure without being shaken. You can develop an established heart and stand steady throughout. Don't wait. Call today or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerful combo, Redeemed and Blessed and the Established Heart. Learn the completeness of God's redemptive plan today. What an exciting study this is, Redeemed and Blessed. I'll tell you, I, I want you to get this in your hands because I know what it'll do to you. And once again, there's three CDs in this package and they're all from live services where I had more time than just a few moments to expound upon these things. Not only that, the anointing of God is flowing. People are receiving. People are pulling it out of me. God is moving. And I'm telling you, it's all captured on these CDs entitled Redeemed and Blessed. And right along with it, my little book entitled The Established Heart. In this book, we're going to talk about seven basic redemptive truths. And I'm telling you, when you, when you begin to read this and get a revelation of what happened at Calvary. I keep saying it, but I don't know any other way to say it. It's going to change your life forever. You're going to find out that you're redeemed. You're going to find out that you're righteous. You're going to find out that you have the blessing of Abraham. You're going to find out that you're Holy Ghost indwelled. You're going to find out you have faith that overcomes the world. This is all part of what happened at Calvary, and you need a revelation of it. So 
please order this immediately so that this can get into your home, get into your hands, get into your family, get into your heart, get into your mouth, get into your thinking. And I'm telling you, your life is never going to be the same. You can look at the information on the screen as to how to order your copies and they'll be sent to you by return mail. It's been a joy sharing with you. We're going to talk about this next week. That'll be our final lesson on this particular subject. So be sure and join with me. Until then, you know your faith will overcome the world.